Hola y bienvenido a la podcast de los tres amigos, Game Week 27. I'm FBL Marple and I'm joined on tonight's show by my, my amigo Mars as well as honorary amigos and regulars from our fan few days, Peter Blake and the FBL Stag. Welcome to sunny Mexico, gentlemen. <laughs> Thank you very much. <laughs> it's great to be yeah. here. <laughs> Welcome anyway, fellas, and um, it's great to have you on. Tell me, Stag, um, you're over in sunny Spain at the moment, but um, how did Game Week 26 treat you and how are you keeping I'm, I'm great, thanks. It's great to be back and uh, delighted to be here on the Three Amigos now. Um, it's actually, it was snowing here in Madrid yesterday, actually. Real Madrid's training was cancelled, so Ronaldo got his birthday off, so it was a funny old week. But uh, in FPL terms, no, things are going all right. I've had a few variable weeks. I broke into the top 100k two weeks ago, and I've just kind of slid back a little bit to 119k after what was an apocalyptic game week 26, where I got just 44 points, which I know was actually a pretty decent score in the overall scheme of things, but still. My transfer for that week was, uh, I got rid of uh, Humin Son, and I brought in Alexis. I captured him as well. Wasn't actually a bad decision, really, when you look at it, but just unfortunately, it didn't manifest itself in FPL points the way I'd have liked it to. So, overall, things are going pretty well. Decent platform and decent position for the blank game weeks and double game weeks to come. Um, how's, how about yourself, Pete? You flying high? Uh, no, pretty similar to Stag, actually, to be fair. I'm uh, 136,000 overall, so like yeah, it's, all, it's all relative, I suppose, isn't it? Um, I know people who are up at like, yeah, down to like 200, two and a half million. Uh, so you're right, it's, it's a decent platform to build on. Um, probably not going to get top 10k this year now, but I can, I can probably still sneak into the top 50. Uh, game week 26 was 40 points, so yeah, slightly worse than Stag. Um, again, Mo Salah was the only one who delivered anything. Captain Aguero did nothing. Um, second highest scorer on my team was uh, Milivojevic, who was my second substitute and didn't come on, so that was annoying. Um, yeah, apart from that, it's just a sea of one, twos and threes and zero in the case of Alonso as well. So, yeah. you know, could, could, it's, it's, could be an awful lot worse, but it could have been better as well. Oh, definitely, yeah. But um, it's funny because if, if anyone else, if Mars was saying the line that you just said there when you said, um, you know, people who are like in the two, two and a half millions, then um, <laughs> I would have known that he was having a jab at me. Because, uh, <laughs> because, but, but you're far too polite for that, Pete. So I know you I know you weren't even trying to have a jab, but um, which makes it even worse. <laughs> <laughs> yes, to be fair, I did, I did forget that you were down there. <laughs> yeah. down there. I, I am down there in the basement. If, yeah. I, had, if I had known, it definitely would have been a dig. <laughs> <laughs> to be honest with you, this season I've just actually started laughing at it. I don't even take any notice. My game week this week was um, I had a wonderful 31 points, believe it or not. Um, you're probably wondering how on earth you actually managed to have that low, but yeah, Alonso not doing anything. Basically, Mkhitaryan was the only one who did anything for me, and for the first time ever, I actually have three zeros in my um, in my lineup, and there were players that played Kenny, Cresswell, and Pickford. So, um, a marvelous, a marvelous game week twenty six for me. But, um, but um, tell me, uh, Mars, you uh, pile on the pain. Tell me how well you got on, because I know you were, <laughs> you, were, you were crying during the game week, thinking that for once that you were you weren't going to have the best game week between myself, um, myself, Dale, and yourself. How'd you get on? Yeah, to be honest, I would struggle to uh, 
to lose to 31, even with a bad game week. Uh, not actually highest scorer out of the out of the lot here, 48 points. Nothing to shout home about, but you know, uh, can't complain. My uh, my Alonso sub got me a big fat nice zero, Kenny. Um, but um, yeah, uh, Salah Shakiri was my second highest scorer with eight points, and the rest is nothing really to talk much about. I, I was debating between captain and Aguero, Wilson, all, you know, most week. I, as soon as I brought Wilson on, the captain armband was, was on him. And then I thought, no, can't do it. I remember Troy Deeney and what he did to me last season. I thought, no, can't do it. And then when Aguero blanked, I was like, oh, I should have done it. And then Wilson did nothing either. So, yeah, I mean, it is what it is. It's one of those. One, one, one game week, I will captain Salah and probably do nothing. Uh, but hey-ho. And we'll move on to the next section of the show when we can forget all about Game Week 26. Uh, Mars, you generally every single week you have a big talking point of the week. What's your talking point for Game Week 27? Well, there, there can only be one talking point uh, this this week, and it's the the big news of for for Daddy to be our third amigo, uh, Dell, uh, with the great news. I've already told him that um, the baby's getting a Liverpool top, and it's going to be either called. Mo Aguero or Kunsala. <laughs> Congratulations, Dale. We're, we're delighted for you. That is, it's a good talking point of the week. A bit different than our usual complaining about the scoring system or stuff like that, Mars. We're going to move on to some of the topics we're all talking about, of course, ahead of Game Week 27. Pete, um, I know we were talking before the pod and we were talking about this, the Game Week 20 or Game Week 31 plans and the chip deployments and stuff like that. I think you have a bit of a working theory going on. Have you, um, have you come to any conclusions from, from all your thinking? Uh, not exactly just yet, but it's, I'm, I'm certainly toying with the idea of using the free hits in 31 rather than the Game Week 35. And, I know it's it's common, uh, so it's accepted wisdom, I suppose, at the moment that uh, you go for game week 35 because you've got a blank in 30, you've got a double game week in 34, then a blank in 35, and then a double game week in 37. So it's it it means you can navigate it quite easily, um, which yeah, I, I do uh, I do sort of agree with. But game week, I keep looking at game week 31, and it's it's just scaring the life out of me because if everything happens as we think it's going to happen. You're only going to have eight available teams, assuming all the teams we think are going to qualify for the FA Cup do qualify. And looking through those teams, it just looks horrific. So you've got, I mean, Liverpool, which is fine. You know, treble up on them, no problem at all. You've got Bournemouth, uh, assuming West Brom failed to beat Southampton. Yeah, okay, probably two players there. Wilson, Ibe probably as well. I think Charlie Daniels is potentially an option in there as well. Of the other teams, though, you've got, oh Christ, I mean, you've got uh, Everton. I think Walcott's probably an option there. Stoke, I don't fancy at all. Um, a lot of people are talking about Shakiri, but they've only scored three goals in their last six. I'm not going near them. Watford had a good result last night. I think that's, there's potentially, they're potentially acceptable there, but they're playing Liverpool in that game week 31. And bearing in mind last season, they lost 6 1 to Liverpool uh, when they played away. So, I may steer clear of them as well. You've got Crystal Palace, who've got a shocking run of fixtures uh, in amongst all that. Huddersfield have only scored one goal uh, in the last six games, and they've conceded 14. I'm not going anywhere near them. West Brom are bottom of the table, and they just there's honestly no options there alike either. So I'm looking at a blank game week 31 and thinking, right, I've probably got six players who I can bring in for that. Three Liverpool, two Bournemouth, and Walcott as well. So assuming you want to get out 11 players, and this is a big if at this point, but assuming you want to get out 11 players, 
You've then got to try and bring in five other rubbish players in before that deadline. So that's not just polluting game week 31, that's polluting everything before that and probably a week after that as well before your wild card, which I just don't fancy. And I think maybe three hits uh, on 31 could work. Because then if you look at game week 35, because it's the semi-finals of the FA Cup, you're probably going to have 12 teams to choose from. Now, let's make the assumption that the blanks are going to be Man City, Man United, Tottenham and Chelsea, because those are the four favourites for the Cup and four favourites to reach the semi-finals at this point. So that's also going to affect Swansea, Brighton, Huddersfield and Bournemouth. OK, fair enough, you can probably deal with that. So you've got 12 other teams then to get players in for uh, on blank game week 35. Uh, and they're going to include Arsenal. There's going to include, you know, Liverpool are probably going to be included. Then Liverpool will be included in there as well. You've got Leicester, who've got some decent options. You've got Burnley, who've got some decent options as well. Southampton are starting to find a bit of form at the moment, potentially. So there's definitely options there. And if you engineer your wild card well enough, you can get a lot of double game week players, and you can probably then get out. I reckon, from my calculations, I reckon I can get out nine blank game week players, assuming I've got seven players from Man City, Man United, Tottenham and Chelsea who are going to be rested in that week. So you get a double game week of maximum uh, efficiency. You've then got nine blank game week players and then another double game week a couple of weeks later as well. And then you free hit in 31. So you can put out 11 players. Now, they may not be very good players, but most people are probably only going into that game week with six, seven players. And those who've got more than that are going to be bringing in all these players before and afterwards, so they're going to be weakening their squads full time. So it's it's just a, it's a bit of a working theory at the moment. I haven't fully worked it out. I kind of want to see exactly what happens with the blank game weeks, but I think a lot of what I'm seeing on Twitter is people just absolutely nailed down. Yeah, free hit in game week 35 because it sits between two doubles and it absolutely makes sense. But I'm just looking at the fixtures uh, around them and I'm just uh, yeah, and who's playing in that time. And I think you can engineer a scenario where you free hit in 31 and you come off quite nicely at the end of it, I think, as well. So, no, I really like it. It's always good to have an alternative at the end. What we've always said on on the pod, that there's no one way. But let me just... um, So, just talking about the teams that you went, I actually looked at their fixtures. So, the teams that we already know that are blanking in game week 31, because I'm still leaning towards a a free hit in, in 35, right? So, Everton have got Palace at home, Watford away, Burnley away, Brighton at home, and then the week after the blank, so I'm, I've counted out the, you know, City at home. Now, Palace, Watford, Burnley, Brighton. That's not a bad run. Uh, yeah. and you, you could, you could even argue that you can bring in, you said one, maybe even two, like, you know, you could bring in Pickford or a defender. I know Everton just got absolutely smashed by Arsenal. But Ever- Everton were dire against Arsenal. I mean, that defense they were absolutely was all over the place. So, but I can't, yeah. you know, Sam Allardyce won't allow for that to happen again. Now, I'm not saying they, they're going to win all of those games, but I would imagine they'll be a lot tighter, and also they're going to, they will be angry and they want to come back stronger. So I don't think that's a bad run, right? Now they, the, the other angle, the other, yeah, the other angle of that from Everton is so Allardyce has openly said the season's a write-off. So there is potential at this point for Everton just to start experimenting, you know, playing, they, they, you know, they can't uh, afford it the youngsters. They can't afford yeah, They're not they, quite they not, safe yet. That's no, no. If you look at it, they're not they're not safe. They might, I think once he's safe, then I agree with you. I think uh, yeah. so. In the later game weeks, there might be more rotation. Then you yeah, you look at uh, Wat- Watford. Watford have got West Ham away. They they're not been that great. Everton at home. So again, Watford at home can be quite strong. West Brom at home again, and then you've got Arsenal away, and Liverpool 
at home. Now, it just depends which Arsenal, which Liverpool turn up. And then you've got Bournemouth at home after. So again, I don't think that's the worst run. And we've just seen what Watford could do to um, what they did to Chelsea. And, you know, again, I'm not... Delefeu looks like a good option. The the good thing about Watford players is they're all, they're all quite cheap. I've got Mariapa and he started playing again, so I can't complain. He got me eight points in the last two games. Um, if you look at Stoke, Stoke have got Brighton at home, Leicester away, Southampton away, City home, Everton home, and then after the blank game week, they've got Arsenal away. So, again, Brighton home, Southampton away, Everton home. So, it's Stoke. Like you said, I agree with you. Uh, no disrespect meant to Stoke, but I've got Shakiri. I'll stick with him. They do have some other cheap players. Do I want to double up? Maybe for one game week, if I... Uh, if I'm going to use a free hit, uh, sorry, the um, wild card the game week after, I might consider doubling up on, on a couple of them. So Huddersfield, um, Huddersfield are most likely, I reckon, will, will lose to you. Now, they're drawing now, I think, and they probably lose yeah. to United. Let's assume they will. You've got Bournemouth at home. You don't know what. Again, Bournemouth away, Huddersfield at home. West Bromwich away. Then you've got Spurs away. Swansea at home. Palace at home. Newcastle away. Those last three are not that bad. Again, I agree with you. Huddersfield, I'm not. I'm not going to go and buy three players from Huddersfield. Palace actually, as you said, have got the worst run. Got Everton away, Spurs at home, United at home, Chelsea away, and then Huddersfield and uh, Liverpool away. So they're probably the worst. I would say out of the lot. What I'm trying, I guess, what I'm trying to say is, if you do want to uh, save the free hit between now and game week 31. You might be able to bring, I don't know, four or five of these players, cheap players as well. So you can start downgrading slowly. You know, your Lingard, your, uh, I don't know if people are getting bored with, um, annoyed with Alonso, I wouldn't, but, and then start just slowly building, especially if you're going to wildcard the game week after. Yeah. I, okay. I, I, I do, do, do take what you're saying. I think their fixtures are, yeah. There's a, there's a mixed bag in there. I think, like say, Palace, uh, total write-off um, in terms of their fixtures. Don't go near them. Watford did have a good result last night, which does colour things a little bit, I think. But if you look at the form table right over the last six, I'm on whoscored.com right now. I'm looking at the Premier League form table, form table, last six. Position 15 downwards, it's Watford, West Brom, Stoke, Everton, Burnley and Huddersfield. Now, five of those six in the bottom six are teams we've just mentioned there these are teams that are in no kind of form whatsoever and that's what worries me about this there is potentially some options within there um again i yeah, i like walcott i think if you've got shakiri i think hold him i think it's absolutely yeah that's absolutely fine but i'm not going to be bringing him in uh for it i think the only for me the only two teams that look a bit any decent amongst the ace that are going to be playing in blank game week 31 i think are bournemouth and liverpool bournemouth are actually top of the form table actually um incidentally which i think is quite interesting but yeah so you you're right. The fixtures there potentially might work in your favour, but these 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 are teams that are, are sliding and they're, they're they're not in not in good form. You know, Watford aside at this point, Watford may have uh, they definitely found a spanner in the works there with uh, you know dismantling Chelsea last night. But 
I'll come in kind of briefly on this one just to give my two cents. I think uh, Peter used a, an absolutely brilliant word there with pollute when he talked about bringing these players <laughs> into his teams. Like it was no, it, it summarizes it so perfectly, Peter. And like you yeah. said the word pollute, and immediately what flashed through my mind was Alvaro Negredo during that double game week last season. And yeah. the way, you know, the group think of Twitter and the community pushed us all in the direction of doing this stupid move in hindsight. Like we, we were watching the second game just knowing that this was the, the stupidest decision we'd ever made. Oh, and so yeah, I, I had, I, I think I, <laughs> did I, did I triple captain him? I think I, I may have. I, I don't remember. Let's, let's not talk about it. It went poorly regardless. <laughs> but what, what I'm trying to get at here is that basically I've been kind of looking at the same idea as you are, Peter, while I haven't quite thought it through as clearly as that. It all does kind of stack up towards your argument. And I think I'd be more towards yours purely because, as you point out, like we're going to lose, do you say, eight teams it was with the FA Cup semifinals? Of course, the, the four playing in the semifinals plus their opponents. So yeah. you are looking at a much easier game week to plan for with much better teams to pick into. And I think even now as well, like you're you're going to have the teams who are on the beach at that point too, who you know that you know even crap teams are going to do well against. You know, you're I'm, I don't know, I can't tell who's going to be this season because there's what ten teams who could be relegated right now. But last yeah. season it could be like Pulis's Stoke or Pulis's West Brom, who just completely gave up when they hit forty points around March. I think things are going to become an awful lot clearer. So I would actually be a big proponent of the three hit in game week thirty one as well. I mean, so, the blank, um, blank game week, sorry, blank game week 35, what you just mentioned there, uh, Stag, you're talking about teams on the beach. The other thing to consider is if, if it is the big four, which we assume are going to be in the semifinals, uh, assuming they don't get each other in the quarterfinals, Man City, Man United, Tottenham, Chelsea, by blank game week 35, Chelsea are going to have won the league. Uh, sorry, Man City are going to have won the league. So they're going to be focused on Champions League, going to be focused on the FA Cup. They're not going to be focused on the league. So realistically, you probably only want one of their players in there anyway at that point but yeah maybe not even that it depends you know, how, how it all starts working out Tottenham's a problem I think you know you're going to want to keep those yeah keep some Tottenham players and keep them on the bench Chelsea are in free fall God knows where they're going to be at that point Man United yeah you probably want a couple of players from there as well but the other teams Swansea Brighton Huddersfield Bournemouth I think I, I think if you go into a wild card thinking I can't have any player from Swansea Brighton Huddersfield or Bournemouth I don't think it's the end of the world I think you can engineer a scenario around that quite comfortably so you don't need any of those players either. They are enablers, though, yeah, to get you to to help you get the the, the big boys. Yeah, but if you're going to do that, you may as well go for teams that have got at least one double and also a single uh, game week yeah. in 35. So Burnley are an enabler. West Ham are going to be an enabler. Um, even Southampton have got cheap defenders in there. Newcastle, Leicester. The, um, I, 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 by the way, I'm 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 not disagreeing with what you say, and I'm just trying to put. Um, yeah. Both, both arguments down and also well, I'm, I'm, I'm almost trying to convince myself here as well I'm not convinced of this yet yeah, but, yeah. I, uh, I'm, <laughs> to, be, to, be fair, to be fair to be fair yeah to be fair I'm I'm still in between I'm just I want to make yeah. sure because I always feel that I waste my bench boost for example I always feel that I waste it because I'm holding it till, till the end and I'm never satisfied with it mm. um, and I, I've always thought sometimes people play it in a non-double game week and actually score a lot more but that's I know it's luck um, yeah, but you, you know, and I'm just trying this time. What all I want out of this season now, I'm, I'm about 126. So, okay, just like you, I'll probably, you know, maybe 10k is out of the question, maybe not. I don't know, but I want to use um, the chips to maximize at least in my mini league and get as high as possible. So, I'm like, I'm kind of determined not to waste them now that I've said that on a podcast, I probably will waste them. Um, one, just one, one point to mention. Uh, I think 
um, credit to Ben Krillin again because uh, he mentions that the quarterfinal draw is Monday the 19th, which is not next game week, the game week after. If the top six teams are playing against each other, then absolutely free hit becomes an option for 31 because you're going to have more teams knocked out in 35 if the top six come up against each other. So, you know, you've got one more game week, which is uh, Feb, Feb the 10th, and then the week after that, we've got, um, then it's the draw, so or maybe two game weeks. Then then you then you will know uh, the quarterfinal um, lineup. Uh, yeah, and and that could help you. I, I, absolutely, I, w- I wouldn't advocate doing anything at this point without knowing a little bit more about the fixtures that are coming up. Certainly, you know, certainly looking at the uh, the next round draw in the FA Cup, because again, a lot of a lot of what I'm uh, a lot of what I'm theorising here is, is based on a semi-final of Man City, Man United, Tottenham and Chelsea. Now, if in the quarterfinals Man United play Man City and Tottenham play Chelsea, well, that's that theory gone because there's going to be some other teams uh, who are in the semi-finals and there's going to be different blank permutations. And actually, at that point, if you've got a Man City and let's say we've got Man City and Tottenham going into the single game weeks uh, uh, without a blank, then that's a whole different ballgame. That's an entirely different conversation, I think. So you're right, definitely wait and see. And we'll uh, have to have we'll have yourself and Ben back on the pod in the same same game week uh, piece, and that'd be a quality one. Um, Stag, they're really they're a bit of a positive mess at the moment with Conte's future continuously up in the air, and um, with only Hazard coming away from Vicarage Road with any credit and points. How do you think managers should be looking at any of their Blues players? Right, yeah. So I saw, I'm going to start off with just two interesting points I saw on Reddit or Twitter today, and it was. One of them was pointing out that both Andre Villas-Boas and Roberto Di Matteo were sacked from their when they were in the Chelsea role after a loss to West Brom. Uh, no prizes for getting who, guessing who Chelsea play this weekend. And then the other one is that Antio, Antonio Conte has the second or the joint best win rate of any Premier League manager who's played a minimum of five games. That's joint with Pep Guardiola. So what we're <laughs> Like, whilst everything looks bad and whilst media reports suggest that Conte has very, very little time left to run, we're still not looking at a failed manager. And I put, but that said, anyone who looked at any of the Watford game last night saw a team that didn't look like they were playing for their manager anymore. Like, Bakayoko especially was particularly farcical in the time that he was on the pitch. So, kind of, Going through the Chelsea team, really, like Alonso is obviously the only one that we're going to really talk about amongst the defenders because all the rest of them, you just can't trust their, them to keep clean sheets at the moment. So, like, the, the last of Bournemouth, so we're talking about two week game, game weeks ago, was the first time that Alonso had actually blanked in eight, eight matches without that he'd got a return of some kind or another, be that a clean sheet, an assist, or a goal. So, the fact that kind of people are talking about, like, really dumping him en masse after just two games off, I think it's I think it's a bit premature to be honest. I won't be getting him in, but the idea of dumping him ahead of a game away to West Brom, I think I think it's a bit much. That said, whilst he's still viable while Conte is in the job, if Chelsea bring in a new manager and they bring a completely changed formation or just don't favour and um, Alonso himself, things could change very very quickly. So it's kind of watch this space really with that, isn't it? As for other Chelsea defenders, like look, their solidity hasn't been lost overnight, but that said, it hasn't looked good. They've still kept three, 13 clean sheets this season. 
Um, but they have poor form. They're playing West Brom next, then it's Man United away, and then it's Man City away. And they're likely to blank in blank game 31 because they just need to be hauled to blank then. So if you had another Chelsea defender, if you're doubled up, let's say right now, I would definitely say get rid of your double, but keep your Alonso. Uh, as for the rest of their team, uh, looking at the midfield, they only had three shots on target against Watford and all of those came in the last 10 minutes. They were shambolic. Um, just wasn't good at all. They've had two wins in 10 games so far in 2018. So why would you bother holding on to them, really? He's, like, Conte himself has actually given the whole entire squad a three-day rest to try and change something, just to possibly hoping that fatigue is what's actually wrong with them. I think it might be time for you to give their players a rest from your own squad as well. Uh, Hazard himself, he's too expensive to hold just for a moment of magic like he produced against Watford. Um, and when you consider the whole entire form around him of the team, like he's not going to provide many assists with what we're looking at right now, unless Giroud maybe starts coming forward. So unless Chelsea get a new manager, you're talking about holding Alonso and pretty much selling everything else. Yeah, as you said there, when um, when I heard that Conte had given the players a three-day break, my first thought was um, it sounds like a fella whose wife wants to leave him, but he just basically says, listen, um, just go for a weekend away for yourself, have a rest, and um, come back, and we'll talk when you come back. That's what it's like. It's like he's a uh, he's good there. She's she's made her decision. Hazard and yeah. Hazard, they're not they're not playing for him like. They're, yeah, um, no, that, that's a very good analogy. In fairness, <laughs> very good. <laughs> and uh, but he's uh, he definitely has lost them. I mean, I don't know. Back Yoko probably is the only one who was actually playing for him because it's just that he's not good at football and he's <laughs> and uh, he was he was just that bad. But um, yeah, no, the whole team just seems to be uh, they're not they don't seem to be playing for him as much as Conte. I actually really like Conte, um, and it's not that easy for for me to say that about uh, a Chelsea manager, but. Um, but you know, Conte, I'm, su- I'm surprised at the way it's gone there. But um, having said that, with the Bramovich's owner, sometimes um, I don't think any Chelsea manager, particularly, is going to last long in any in the job. But um, thanks to me and Stag for giving us the Chelsea rundown. Um, I'd agree on that. Alonso is one I'll keep, but I wouldn't buy him in if it was a thing that I didn't own him. Um, Mars will move on to the other the other London club Arsenal who um, Mkhitaryan and Boomerang were on fire against Everton um, but you're going to tell us just how must own are they and which highly owned players should managers be selling for them well <clears throat> I don't think they must own at all I think uh, if you want to have differentials you can certainly bring them in but let's look at their fixtures um, they've got Spurs away, London Derby, City at home in the next two. You could argue they could get zero zero points. They could there could be lots of goals. There's normally goals in the Derby. The City game hopefully will be open. So you know th- those two games are unpredictable, but you uh, either thing can happen. They could lose both or be high scoring games. Then they've got Brighton away, uh, Watford at home, and then uh, a blank. Unless um, Leicester lose to Sheffield United, so I don't think they're the easiest of fixtures, which is why I, w- I would say they are not must-owns unless you're, you're chasing. I would say Mkhitaryan is more of a um, must-own than uh, Boomerang just because of his price and he's easier to get. You know, in, in if you look at uh, who Boomerang is um, competing with, you've got Kane, Firmino. Uh, maybe Aguero. So you could, if you have Aguero, down, down, downgrade. But if you have Firmino, why would you sell him? I know he didn't. He blanked uh, against Spurs, but 
he can he can do anything. Liverpool don't have a blank, and Liverpool attacking wise are are pretty impressive. Um, but Mkhitaryan, you could um, right if you if you're fed up of, you know, if you if you have money in the bank and you've got uh, Lingard for example, you could you could upgrade. Um, if you're worried about City and you can't give forgive Sterling for his miss, you can swap him with uh, with that. Or what you can do is like a Lingard. Um, and a Shakiri or a Lingard, two, two average mids. Uh, you get Mkhitaryan and a, and a five million midfielder like a Decore from Watford, who's not blanking, or you know just go go cheap plus Mkhitaryan. So there are quite a few options, but I wouldn't go decimating your team just to bring those two in. Um, you know, uh, Boomerang scored once against Everton. I thought Mkhitaryan was very impressive, and as we said before on the on the pod, he will. He will uh, cherish this attacking, um, free attacking mentality, and he doesn't have to worry about defending at Arsenal. And I think that will help him, and he will get a lot of assists. Um, Boomerang still for me on the watch list. And um, tell me one thing that when I was looking actually through the Arsenal players, Ramsey of course was great against Everton as well, and um, he's nearly a million cheaper than Mkhitaryan. Would which one, if say if price is no object and that one million was basically sitting there on in people's accounts, um, which one of the two guys would you go for? Ramsey, who's probably more of a goal threat, and Mkhitaryan, who's definitely more of an assist threat. I think Stag will recall the the episode that I uh, cried and sang that I want Ramsey back no matter what. He did, and what, no yeah. matter what I said, yeah, yeah, yeah. still yeah. going to council. Yeah, that, that, that did occur. Yeah, that did occur. <laughs> There's only one choice out of these two for me, and it will be Ramsey. Uh, for for exactly what you said, he's he's more of a goal threat, where I think Mkhitaryan will be an assist man. Um, and the way again, we, don't just go by one game. Um, <laughs> Ramsey probably won't get another hat trick, but he has scored a lot before his injury, and he does seem to run um, get into the box and go ahead of the strikers sometimes uh, um, and he he loves that role so to save the money and spend somewhere else absolutely between the two I would go for Ramsey and uh, tell us uh, Blaz of the four of us here on the pod who um, let us draw a poll basically who has Mkhitaryan or Ramsey just um, Peter have you got either of the two guys uh, I don't have any Arsenal players actually and, and is that a thing you're going to... You have no Arsenal lighter. And um, yeah, who are you... Was, yeah. And who would you be... Um, would you be remedying? Would you be going Ramsey or Mkhitaryan? Or are you considering... Are you going to leave both of them off? <sighs> so, like, yeah, I don't know. Um, a tough question. I know that too, it's it is really tough. tough um, I'd have Mkhitaryan. I got him in as soon as the transfer went through. But... Um, but um, for for Arnautovic, but um, and it was it was the only the only good move in the last couple of game weeks for me. But um, the general. I think the thing about Ram- the, the thing the thing I really like about Ramsey is that he's just he's had the whole season really where I think he's looked pretty good. He's looked very attacking. Uh, he is obviously coming off the back of a hat trick, but even before that, he's he's the one making the charges into the box, and he's looked a threat pretty much all season. Mkhitaryan's come in and had one good game, but he spent the rest of a most of the rest of the season on you know United's bench, you know, being left out in the cold. So it just how much of the momentum is going to be with Ramsey uh over Mkhitaryan is is potentially a question mark. Um of course Mkhitaryan's now got something to prove. 
uh, and psychologically that might have a massive impact as well. I'd probably go for Mkhitaryan, just 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 about. But yeah, like for me on paper it's Mkhitaryan, but with Arsenal blanking, presumably blanking at least in game week 31, and with Spurs and Man City coming up next, I, that's why I steered clear of them initially. Um, yeah. Yeah, like, like look, Ramsey's looked brilliant all season. He really has. He's had a very good season, and obviously a hat trick last weekend is going to colour all of our visions when we look at him. But you have to remember as well that Mkhitaryan scored a hat trick of assists, so uh, it was an impressive performance from him as well. Look, look as as Peter says, like there is momentum on uh, Ramsey's side compared to Mkhitaryan, but then you have that psychological thing. It's 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 such a fifty fifty decision, which I think budgets are probably going to decide more than anything. And it, I would say Ramsey. exactly, yeah. No, I completely agree. I think either of, either of them will be good. Um, I do think that um, I agree with Stag and as I mentioned, you know, they do have two tough games, but those both games could easily be high scoring games. Now, don't forget that Arsenal will be going all out to get fourth place. They are out of the cup. They have the Europa, which they will play their second string until probably the final or semis. So they really and they're quite far behind. So they have to play the strongest team. Now, they've got one cup final coming up, um, and then that's it. The rest of that is the league and the Europa. So, will I be getting Arsenal players in? Absolutely. Maybe after maybe after the blank game week. I think I'm going to revise my answer, actually. I think I'd probably go for Ramsey over Mkhitaryan, just because uh, I was listening to... Um, I think it was a Totally Football show, and... That Mars, you were listening to Mars and he changed your mind. That would be uh, probably... <laughs> the, the, song, the song changed his mind. Let's, let, let's move on before it gets, before it gets nasty. Um, I think... Uh, <laughs> now, I was, I was listening to... An, um, I, I think it was a Totally Football show and they, they made the point that um, Mkhitaryan's a player who likes um, space and he thrives in space and he got an absolute bucket load of that against Everton and it was it was it was great for him um up against Tottenham and Man City he's not going to get that it, they're, they're going to hound Arsenal there's not going to be any space I think a player like Ramsey would probably be a bit better suited making late breaks into the box um whereas Mkhitaryan I think needs a bit more a little bit more room so yeah I'd probably go for Ramsey if it was a short-term uh thought um, but, but I'm with you Stag. I'm probably not going to bring him in at the moment yeah, the easiest way of sure doing it, I shouldn't have bothered even doing the big debate. It's I own Mkhitaryan, so Ramsey is the one to go for everyone. Um, just, a, <laughs> just a marble curse is in full effect. Um, to actually, we're going to move on actually to the um, preview part of the show. And uh, Mars, you're actually up first with Spurs versus Arsenal. So um, you've pretty much boxed off the Arsenal coverage. But um, you can um, give us your give us your take on this one. Yeah, get, get, probably potentially game of the weekend, uh, the first game. Uh, London derby, anything can happen. I'm expecting high-scoring game with few dives from Ali and Kane. I'm not over it. No, I am. I am over it. He did dive, though. And, um, yeah, I mean, if you've got Kane, Ali, any of the Spurs players, you play them in this game. Uh, Kane is potential, um, captain potential as well. He loves scoring against Arsenal. Um, and... If you have any of your Arsenal forwards, absolutely play them. This could easily be a high-scoring game. Yep, Kane, of course, boyhood, boyhood gooner. Um, Stag, move on to Everton versus our Crystal Palace. And um, we saw your notes. You put up a tweet on on um, an image on Twitter earlier on with uh, showing your 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 podcast preparation notes. 
So um, let's see what followed, what James followed that um, that note. Do you know, I actually wrote that note just before I went into a lecture. I was like, I have enough time to put up a tweet, but I don't have enough time to do the notes. So I'll just put up the tweet now for the lads and all that. I'll do the preview later. So <laughs> don't expect much here. <laughs> um, okay, so everything, we've kind of touched upon them earlier. Um, so I'm at risk of going over myself again here, but I'll just I'll quickly fly through it. Look, they played a three-man defence against Everton the other day, or against Arsenal the other day, and it completely and utterly backfired. They had three tackles in the whole entire first half. Mangala had a bad debut. Allardyce called his whole entire team pathetic. Now, and as we've said, he's basically admitted that their season is wrapped up. Now, you're looking at their squad and you've just kind of maybe play the psychological card to try and see, like, what do these guys have to play for? Jagielka, Williams, Baines, Rooney, they're all on the way down. They're on decline. Are they going, like, what's next for them? Like, maybe this is a last hurrah for some of those players. Uh, Schneidlin and Morales, they've kind of had weird seasons. Uh, Schneid- is Morales even at the club at the moment? I don't think he is. But Schneidlin is in particular kind of looking like someone who will leave the club at the end of the season if he doesn't really perk up. And uh, Nyase is kind of in the same boat as well if he's given a chance. But look, their season is over. They're on 31 points. There's probably nothing to get from them except maybe Theo. And they're guaranteed to play in the blank game with 31. So that's everything really boxed off. I think... Could they beat Crystal Palace? Maybe. I watched some of their game on Sunday. Um, Sacco came on at halftime after Kelly went off injured, and that bodes well for their clean sheet potential. Um, Milihevich, obviously brilliant value enabler. He's on penalties. He scored again last weekend. He was on, was it your bench, Peter? Yeah, causing yeah. causing a lot of people, yeah, causing a lot of people pain there, Milihevich, but still great value enabler. MacArthur is even cheaper. He's actually doing okay in terms of his like underlying stats without you know actually scoring anything. Unfortunately for me, because he's currently in my squad. Uh, Zaha, amazing to watch, but like just the finished product isn't coming with him at the moment. Even though kind of does actually get decent shots on every so often. Look, they would improve an awful lot if Benteke could buy a goal, but he just can't right now. He had a one-on-one there against Darlow the other day, and that kind of said enough about where his head is. So overall, I think I'd be steering clear of Palace players too. Look, they're likely to play in blank gaming 31 because we're not expecting Huddersfield to overcome both Birmingham and Man United. I think they're doing well right now against Birmingham, so they probably will do that, but they probably won't beat Man United. So I wouldn't be rushing to get the players in, but if you have them, I'd play both sides. Huddersfield just be, uh, just won, by the way. Oh, it's confirmed. They finished it. Okay, yeah. I saw they'd scored their third, so I was like, they're probably going to win that game. So yeah, cool. There you go. They probably won't beat Man United anyway, so they're likely to play that game in 31. Good stuff. And um, of course, one thing with Zaha, I saw during the week, I think Ben Dinnery put up, I think he's going to be out for a number of weeks anyway for, for quite a period with um, an injury. Oh, really? So so oh, I think that'll Sorry, affect... that, totally, that totally passed me by. Sorry about that. No, it's okay. Um, the uh, These things happen. Crystal Palace is an easy team to take your eye off at this, mo- at this point. Um, yeah, certainly, but, um, yeah. Yeah, no, thanks a million for that, Stag. Um, so, Pete, your first preview game is Stoke versus Brighton. We didn't exactly start you off with a cracker, but um, well, give us your <laughs> FBL preview on this one. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm not going to look to bring in any players from either of these teams. Um, we, we touched upon Stoke earlier. They do have the advantage of having that game in game week 31. But, and yeah, I suppose their, their fixtures before then... Yeah, Brighton at home, Leicester away, Southampton away, Man City at home. That doesn't really fill me with too much confidence as well. If you consider, you know, in their last six games, they've only scored three goals and they've conceded 11. There's not really much going on there. I think they, they showed a bit of promise when they played Huddersfield um, you know, from an attacking perspective. Uh, it looked quite dynamic. 
and there's a lot of pace in the side as you know real kind of uh, an injection of impetus almost but it was Huddersfield I mean Huddersfield are not very good at the moment at all they're, they're an absolute free fall um, I, I just think I, I can't I can't see any real reason for wanting to bring any Stoke players in I do have Bauer uh, at the moment uh, in my defence so I'll keep him there I think that's fine he's you know, a little bit of an attacking threat and he's quite a good budget option um, Mars you mentioned Shakiri earlier I think he's He's an okay option. I think in the last four games he's had seven shots on target, which is the third highest amongst midfielders. So there's definitely potential there. But I suppose beyond uh, beyond Shakiri, Shakiri is the only one I would consider bringing in at this point. But I'm not going to. I don't. I, I think there's probably better options around. I think from Brighton's perspective, you know, they're almost certainly going to blank in game week 31. Um, and I mean, even if they didn't, they'd be playing Man City anyway. So yeah, how much you want to go uh, go near that is a um, totally different question. Their fixtures going up to that. They do have Arsenal. They're away at Everton. They're home against Swansea, but Swansea are a bit resurgent at the moment as well. They look they look like they could be okay. Uh, um, again, form's not it's not bad. Um, they they won at the weekend, but that was coming off the uh, back of quite a few uh, a winless run of um, quite a few games. Of, think as well i think i just think there's better options than both of these teams around there, there isn't any any players jumping out on the brighton team um and only really shakiri on the stoke side is jumping out on me as potentially an option so i'm i'm probably gonna give a pass on this game no love yeah. for chopstick or the welsh pillow no like i say um you know three you know three goals in the last six games it's you know Everyone talks about cheap promoting as, as a really good option. Um, you yeah, know, Juve as well up front, but the fact is they're not putting the ball in the back of a the net. They're, they're not, that's, they don't seem to be dynamic problem. enough. They're, they don't really have enough, um, they don't have enough firepower. They don't seem to score enough goals to have a whole lot of value in them. Now, Shakiri is definitely, he seems to be a bit of a streaky player. So when he is on form, he's, um, and he's on all set pieces and all that. So when they do score, he's always kind of involved in it. I think one thing I would say is you're looking at the other teams down the bottom. Yeah, they're all, all of them are going to have to roll their socks up and, you know, try and go on a bit of a run. Swansea seem to be getting their act together, um, quite nicely at the moment. You know, Palace are a bit, you know, they're tough to beat at the moment. Southampton have, you know, got themselves into a bit of a rhythm. They haven't lost four games either. You know, Newcastle are sliding, I think, a little bit. Huddersfield are, yeah, absolutely sliding on the way out of the division. West Brom don't look particularly good either. Stoke, they're, they're still going to have to do something, right? They're, st- they're still going to have to put an effort in to try and stay in the division. They don't want to just stay up by default. And there's not enough... There's not enough teams down there who are completely out of the equation for them to start relaxing and just taking a foot off the gas. So they're going to have to do something. So that's the one thing I'd say in their favour is I, I, you look around their team, players like Joe Allen, you think, well, yeah, it, they're, they're really going to want to do something in the next few games and they're really going to be trying hard. So that's one thing I think in their favour. But yeah, it's a small thing. They're not going to be on the beach because there is no beach in Stoke. Not yet. <laughs> um, Mars Swansea versus Burnley is the next one up. Um, not much of a good, not much of a fixture, but um, I don't know. This one? I don't know. Tammy Abraham brace, Nathan Dyer brace, Carl Newton scored, Wayne Ratliff scored, Tom Carroll scored, Daniel James. I don't even know who he is. He scored. Go rip your team apart and get all the Swansea <laughs> players in. They just won eight one. 
against uh, who did they play? Not County. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> I wasn't just. Yeah, I wasn't I was just calling just names and players. No, no, no. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't know where he was going there. Yeah. I, I was like, is this going to all culminate with a Sam Clucas joke about his celebration a few weeks ago? <laughs> right. uh, uh, Sam Clucas didn't. Uh, did he even play? He didn't even play. Uh, yeah, he did play. He got a yellow card. So don't get Sam Clucas in. Get everybody else in. Um. <laughs> um yeah, I mean, listen, uh, I, I, I really like their new manager. He's he's actually quite funny when he, he said when once one die when once one falls down, another flies. So going by what he's saying, Bonnie's injured for a long time, so Tammy Abraham could become another an option now. He's even got Carroll scoring and Carl Norton scoring. So you know they playing at home against Burnley. Um, Swansea at home are quite strong, and I think they will go attacking. And I think if you have their players, you play them in this game. Um, but at the same time, it is Burnley and they're quite strong defensively. Uh, Pope was actually my third highest scorer, which was annoying because he was playing my captain. So I wish he wasn't. Um, and then if you have their players, you play. If you have a Pope, most of us have Pope and few have Burnley defenders. You play them because they are, it's one of those games that, uh, can be a home win or a nil-nil. I, I don't see much from Burnley, to be honest, away from home. But then again, it's Swansea. And Goodmanson is uh, one guy that we should give, give a shout out to. A uh, few of the guys on Twitter actually came up with his stats. Um, Stag, I believe you were one of them. And I think Poker yeah. Player was. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and um, uh, our friend uh, Poker was also another one. And, you know, he brought him in. Uh, and he was really happy when he scored against Burnley. Uh, uh, sorry, uh, yes, uh, against City. So he's one of the players that you could bring for Burnley. But apart from that, not much around, to be honest. Um, and I was joking, don't rip your team up just for Swansea. But if you have their players, you you do play them. Stuff, Maris. Um, Stag, you're next up with West Ham versus Watford. So uh, are we going to see, what, is this a Watford resurgence coming? Well, I think it's just a West Ham collapse, isn't it? Like they've, they're good players are injured. They're likely not to play in the double game week as well. That's coming up. So really, from an FPL point of view, West Ham have kind of just dropped into irrelevance again. All of a sudden, after being really the flavour of the month for a few weeks around the double game week, and it's aftermath when Arnautovic and Lanzini were ripping things up for a few weeks. So we're just going to go straight across to Watford, really. And for me, the only player that really sticks out based on you know what I've seen, which. I admit hasn't been everything, is Delefeo at 6 million. He's caught the eye. Uh, he's got a goal and an assist against Chelsea. And he off, that was all four shots and one shot on target, four key passes as well against the Blues, and then three key passes as well in this game against Stoke. Those are both pretty decent returns for a player in that price bracket. So, And they're 100% playing in game 31, which makes them very much viable for your transfers. Uh, there, as I said, then there's nobody else scoring regularly enough to excite at, that, at the moment. What about, and what about the Corey? What about the Corey? What do you think of him? He's cheaper, isn't he? I guess that's about the only thing that's in it on his side. But he hasn't, like, his his scoring has kind of dropped off again, has it not? Would I be right in saying that? Um, so, uh, he, assist, he assisted a couple of the goals. Uh, he had a great game against Chelsea. I mean, yeah, no, I agree with you. But uh, one more chat. I don't know if the, uh, Gerard's going to get uh, banned or not. I heard, I didn't see it, but I heard it was a dive. And I, I don't know when the panel makes a decision. But he could potentially get a, get a two-match ban. 
Well, okay, well that that definitely isn't good. <laughs> but um, potentially, potentially, that is horrendous. Yeah, but look, look, as you say there, yeah, Decor, I did get his two assists the other night. So I kind of always kind of get a little bit hesitant when the assists kind of come in games like that, especially when you know you score three goals in ten minutes when a team completely collapses at the last minute. But his returns have been relatively consistent throughout the season, especially for a player who's five point three million. So he's he's an option. Um, I wouldn't be rushing to get a load of these players into your team or anything. I don't think they're likely to keep too many clean sheets either. But that said, if you wanted a cheap enabler and for whatever reason you didn't want Millie or the other options, then yeah, sure, Watford player. But overall, I wouldn't be too excited about Watford versus West Ham. That's tough. Thanks, Doug. Um, Pete, you're next up with a good game, one of the good games game week, uh, Man City versus Leicester. It's the even kickoff on the Saturday. Um, What's your thoughts on Leicester? A bit of a kind of strange one for me to get my head around. I'm not really sure. Vardy seems to be as soon as it's we're back to the stage where if you see Leicester um, have scored, as you know when you open up the app, who you're going to see has scored, it's going to be Jamie Vardy. But um, what's your thoughts on on this one from an FPL point of view? Uh, yeah, I think I, you're right. I think it's uh, it looks like a good game. Um, definitely one I think to to tune in for. Just I suppose really just to see how focused Leicester are at the moment because that, that for me is the big question mark hanging over Leicester and the whole Riyad Mahrez thing is I mean th- their season is practically over now I think Leicester from a Premier League perspective anyway they're not going to get relegated and then we're probably not going to get into Europe either so they've got you know the Mahrez thing must be unsettling for everybody you know you've got your best player who's basically on strike you've got a club who are unwilling to let him go you know the players, yeah, maybe may starting to feel a bit stagnant there. That's probably going to have an impact on the dressing room. Um, whether it galvanises everybody uh, or whether it, you know, knocks them out, it's really too early to say. And I think that's, you know, how they approach the Man City game, whether they really go for it, really try and prove something, uh, really try to show, you know, Mares that actually they can compete with Man City, who he wanted to go to, is is another question. I suppose, I mean, one player who was shouted out on Match of the Day is uh, Diabate, who's um, just joined them. He looks really lively, um, you know, very direct, uh, you know, getting plenty of shots in. I know they drew against Swansea, but they, they still have plenty of shots on goal from decent positions as well. So the, he, at five million as a forward, I think he's definitely one to watch. I'd be really interested to see how he settles because yeah, Ian Asho hasn't set the world on fire. Okazaki's in and out of the team. Yeah, you've got Vardy up front, basically by his, by himself. And you know, without Mares, yeah, they've got all bright in the middle. But you know, that kind of direct running they've potentially lost from maybe a slightly deeper position. Uh, they've obviously got Vardy in in in, uh, in the team who can do that direct running as well. But in the way they like to play, it looks like Diabate might slot in. So. For me, he's definitely somebody to keep an eye on. I think from Man City's perspective, I mean, seriously, if you listen to this podcast and you don't know about the Man City assets, then something's um, definitely amiss there. Yeah, we all know about Sterling, we all know about Guerrero, we all know about you know Kevin De Bruyne and any number of players there. Um, the new defender, uh, Laporte, looks really good. Um, I think he's potentially a bonus point magnet as well, given his uh, range of passing and the accuracy of it as well. And he, but he didn't start the weekend. So I think that's, that's really the thing with Man City at this point. You know, with the Champions League kicking back off again soon, his rotation's going to start kicking in heavily, especially the next few weeks. If they, if they, if they wrap up the title relatively soon, 
then we're going to see heavier rotation. I think potentially heavier rotation as well. Gabriel Jesus is coming back, so that might affect Aguero's pitch time. So as bizarre as it sounds for a team who is as good as they are, I mean, I've got Aguero and I've got Sterling. I'm not looking at bringing any others in at the moment, I don't think, just because we're not quite sure what's going to happen with them now. Yeah, their priorities might start moving about a bit, as I've already said. So, again, from a defensive perspective, I think they're a potentially now look a little bit more solid if Laporte plays but so there's potentially an argument there uh, for, for bringing in a defender and yeah, racking up the clean sheets but you know, most people have got Otamendi anyway so yeah, whether he's a better option than uh, whether Laporte is a better option than Otamendi again you've got John Stones in there as well the rotation thing's weighing heavily on my mind with Man City and they've definitely got some blanks coming up as well almost certainly going to have some blanks coming up as well so yeah don't necessarily bring anybody in, I think, is, uh, at this point. But by all means, don't don't go selling the players you've got. They're still premium assets. Yeah, no, thanks, Mel, Pete. Um, they will move on to Sunday, which, Mars, you're up on this one now. This will be very short and sweet. Huddersfield versus Bournemouth. Um, we talked earlier on about these assets, in particular Huddersfield. But um, tell us, what, what do you think we can make of this one? Did Lussell get 10 points last game week? I'm pretty sure he did. Um, so I think uh, this could... this. Um, I actually enjoy watching Bournemouth away from home more than home. And I think if you have Wilson, you keep him and you play him in this game because Huddersfield are struggling. Um, and um, yeah, I think any Bournemouth um, attacker that you have should play in that game uh, and their defenders if you've got them. As for Huddersfield, uh, no, I wouldn't. I wouldn't. If you have a defender, they playing at home. Maybe if you have Lossel, I mean, he did save a penalty from Sanchez. So um, yeah, but apart from that, maybe Moy. If you have him, he could he, he could do something. But at the moment, Huddersfield don't impress me. They struggled against Liverpool. They struggled against United, um, and uh, I can only see them going one way. Yeah, if you have more, you probably have stopped playing around December or around flipping uh, September, should I say? <laughs> but, um, the uh, Stag Newcastle versus Man United is the next one. I I line them up perfectly to give you the Man United game because I'm that kind of guy. You're such a nice guy, man. Such a nice guy. Yeah, Newcastle uh, avoid their defenders. Just absolutely nope. Uh, for the rest of their team, really, you're just looking at Kennedy. I think as it stands right now, two assists in two games with fairly under, well, not fairly, definitely underperforming strikers ahead of him. You'd hope he'll improve when Slammy gets into that. Or Slimani gets into that team. But even with bad fixtures... Tsunami now would do some damage up front, I would say. <laughs> a tsunami would do great big damage up front. A salami wouldn't, but Slimani might. Um, so, yeah, so they should improve with him coming in. I would hope so anyway. So, look, good good fix, er, good value, but bad fixtures, basically, is what Kennedy is. He's very aggressive in his attacking. He's a good enabler. And they won't play in the blank game week, though, because Spurs would just have just have to dodge a few cup sets to have postponed. As for Man United, look, the, the Spurs result was a massive knock of confidence for their defence. But David De Gea is still in the race, or in, is still in the lead, actually, for the Golden Glove, such as the way United's defence has been performing all season. And I can't imagine that Jones is going to stay dropped. So for all those owners, I wouldn't get too panicked. 
Uh, Alexis is kind of the big talking point in Manchester United's midfield. He had the most shots, most tackles, most dribbles, and he was dispossessed the most times of all Man United players on the pitch. I think he was the most shots and most tackles of all players on the pitch full stop the other day, which is pretty impressive for a midfielder stroke forward. Like, while he was playing, he was kind of interesting that he actually started off on the left wing, which I didn't anticipate, to be honest. I thought he'd just start centrally straight away after what had happened against Spurs. But as the game went on, he moved inside. Actually, he was kind of playing as like a central striker towards the end of it. And when he was asked, when Mourinho was asked about that afterward, he actually said that this movement of position was the objective. That was the direct, the one word that he used to describe it, which is kind of interesting. So I think that uh, if you have Alexis, definitely hold on to him. And I would even be considering captaining him again after, even after last week's kerfuffle when he had it because he had six shots he had three key passes he won seven free kicks he took the penalty he won the penalty scored it um, well, on the second is he, is he the most selfish? Yeah, yeah absolutely yeah probably yeah did you, uh, well, did you see what Theo did you see what Theo said about no about I didn't no so he was he was saying that at Arsenal he would get really um, childish and competitive even in even in training where uh, if he lose, if it doesn't go his way, he will start mourning, and uh, and, and they had to sell him. I, I, I thought it was fake to start to, to begin with, but then uh, I'd seen it retweeted quite a few times, and it seemed quite genuine that they didn't like Arsenal. He was a uh, he always had a tantrum if it didn't go his way, and he was quite selfish. Yeah, no, and I've seen similar things about Aaron Ramsey being absolutely delighted to see him go as well. I can't remember where I read that, but apparently there was a lot of animosity between the, those two players as well. I think though, like, uh, sorry Arsenal fans, but I think a player with, you know, the drive and just insane commitment that Alexis has maybe fits into the United squad a little bit better than the Arsenal squad. You know, insert all the Arsenal fan TV quotes from over the years uh, to kind of back up that point. But like, look, I'd be, I'd be, look, I'll be keeping Alexis anyway since he's in my squad for Newcastle, Chelsea, Palace and Liverpool. But I wouldn't go destroying your squad and wasting free transfers to get him in nonetheless because at the end of the day, there's some serious options in midfield without having to go and get him in. Uh, Lingard is probably the only other person I'd be looking at in their midfield. His returns have dropped, but the chances are coming to him still. I'd probably be looking to get rid of him at some point, but not before the Newcastle game. So I'd be holding on one more week if you do have him. Uh, you can't be sure of all the players' game time uh, other than Pogba. I think he'll be back in next time. I can't see Mourinho being able to get away with dropping him twice in a row. Lukaku, no, too expensive. Much bigger options to go for up there if you are spending money on strikers. And that's Man United in a nutshell. So Stag, would you keep would you keep Lingard then? You said because uh, I'm I'm considering shifting him for Theo. And uh, well, if you can get him, if Theo, if you can get him, look, if you have that sort of budget, yeah, I could I could see what you're doing because look, you're that's a that is a move, a positive move for the double game week or the blank game week that's coming. Whilst for me, I'm trying to have two free transfers for the week after this one because I think it's kind of. I think it's just a prudent week to just hold your free transfer, to be honest. I think that'll probably come up in the listener's question later if I remember my mentions on Twitter earlier. But yep. I'll be holding my transfer and keeping Lingard personally. Okay. Yep. Um, me too. Lingard holding on to him for another week anyway. Um, I'm selling it. Sorry, I'm selling it. I'm selling it. As I said, I said it and I went, oh, God. So we walked into it. But... Uh, <laughs> Southampton versus Liverpool. Um, what's your thoughts on this one? Um, Salah, Salah. Um, of course, this is Liverpool against Liverpool B. Yeah, the Liverpool development squad against Liverpool. Mm. Uh, I, I like this game. I like from an FPL 
perspective, I, I, there's a lot of good options here, I think. Um, Southampton, they've been sort of under the cost, I suppose, most of the season uh, for, you know, accused of being boring and, uh, you know, fans getting frustrated. But they're unbeaten in four now. Um, you yeah, know, they, they won their last game. And it, it, they just seem like they, they might be starting to get together a little bit. Uh, and I think the one option that really sticks out for me is uh, everybody's uh, favourite pre-season player was uh, James Ward-Prowse. Uh, he's, you know, He's got running the team at the moment. Uh, he's on set pieces. His deliveries look absolutely fantastic. And, uh, yeah, he's got a really good free kick at the weekend. Um, I think if you're looking at investing in Southampton, and let's be honest, they've got some pretty good fixtures as well. I mean, after the Liverpool game, uh, you know, away at Burnley, home against Stoke, away to Newcastle, away to Swansea, uh, away to West Ham. So there's a few away games in there, and the Swansea one will probably be postponed because uh, it's game week 31 and um, I think Swansea have to overcome who is it let me have a quick look uh, Sheffield Wednesday so yeah maybe not as simple as it sounds um, in fact it's definitely not as simple as it sounds so Carvajal's yeah. ex-team there the, the crowd that sacked him just before Christmas uh, yeah good can't, point can't, can't, see, can't see him losing that game no there's way. a narrative there isn't there yeah, yeah, yeah there's, a, right. there's a real narrative there yeah <laughs> uh, even even so, I think, you know, I, I'm not going to shy. If I see a Southampton player I like in the next couple of weeks, I'm, you know, I'm not going to shy away from bringing them in at this point. I think um, Ward-Prowse is uh, definitely uh, an enabler um, I'm looking at, certainly for the midfield. Um, Liverpool is uh, the team I'm going to be going all in on in the next few weeks. So they definitely don't have any blanks and they've got some really good fixtures. So uh, away at Southampton, home to West Ham, home to Newcastle, away to Man United, home to Watford, away to Crystal Palace. So on paper, there's some really good fixtures there. I mean, even the Man United away game, you know, that's, you know, Man United against Liverpool is one of those fixtures where really anything could happen and both teams are going to go for it. It'll be blood and thunder. Uh, there might be goals in it. Mourinho might shut it down, but given they're at home, that may not happen. So, uh, and given Liverpool don't have a blank, given how good they look uh, on the pitch at the moment, uh, at both ends, I thought they were defensively pretty good against Spurs. Um, I mean, I know they conceded um, two goals and you know, gave away two absolute stonewall penalties as well. Just pause to see if there's a reaction. Uh, okay. Let me let me uh, let me just uh, let me just check with my assistant. One second. Uh-huh. I, I, I'm not sure. Can we ask the TV the video guy, please? <laughs> so while while yeah. you're taking your 30 seconds to talk to the video guy there, we'll all just wait, will we? <laughs> it's like, oh, VR. Yeah. But, but it's actually, wasn't it realistic, yeah? Yeah, <laughs> no, that wasn't realistic enough. Five minutes is probably more realistic. <laughs> yeah. But I think, uh, yeah, I mean, they, they did look defensively pretty good and they you know, they kept Spurs' chances to a minimum. There was nothing they could have done about the Wanyama goal. Uh, and, you know, yeah, I think at least one of those was definitely a penalty. Um, I think Liverpool look really good at both ends of the pitch at the moment. And considering the fixtures, considering they don't have a blank, I think in the next, my next couple of transfers, I'm probably going to be bringing in Liverpool players to make sure I've got, um, you know, three, uh, moving up to my wild card in game week, probably 33. Um, everybody's got Salah. Uh, uh, if you don't get him in, he's very, very, very good. Um, mm-hmm. I think at the back, I really like the, the look of Robertson. Um, yeah, he, he, well, I say I like the look of him. I thought he was, uh, rubbed against Spurs, but he's definitely got uh, potential for FPL points. Um, uh, yeah, and he's quite cheap as well, and there's definitely potential for clean sheets there. Um, Virgil Van Dijk, I think, uh, obviously has you know, definitely got potential at both ends of the pitch as well. 
um, up front, Firmino, obviously, Mane, obviously, you know, those guys are always going to get into threatening positions. So if you, if your budget can stretch there, if you can get to them, um, do so. And yeah, again, my advice is, you know, before blank game week 31 or as soon as possible, really try and get three Liverpool players in. Um, Mars, move on to the final one, which is Monday Night Football, Chelsea versus West Brom. So, um, as, as Stag mentioned earlier on, the, the Chelsea managers don't like facing West Brom because it tends to be the death knell for their, um, for their managerial career. But, um, what's your, what's your hopes and dreams for, for these guys on Monday Night Football? West Brom winner. Conte gets sacked. Sturridge scores the winner. That's what's going to happen, maybe. Uh, I think Chelsea will come back strong. I, uh, I don't understand why Padre decided to stop, to drop Rodriguez suddenly. I, I know Sturridge is a good player and I know he's a big name. Uh, but to be honest, Rodriguez has been on fire. So that, that was a silly mistake. And if you have him, I can see Rodriguez coming back in. So don't, don't sell him. But if you have your Chelsea players, I know it's been a, it's been that kind of game week, but Hazard got a goal. You keep them, you play them. I think Alonso will be back. I think they are a strong potential for a um, clean sheet. And if you have West Brom players, apart, I would start Rodriguez just because um, he's, be, he's been doing well. And if you have him, you most likely have, uh, you know, uh, like you play 3-4-3. Three, three. Um, apart from that, their defenders are bench. Although they're quite expensive, so if you have them, they, you probably have weaker defenders around them. But I do expect Chelsea to come back strong and um, and win. Thanks, Maria Mars. Um, that's the end of our preview, lads. So we'll move on to the listener questions. Um, we got a load in this week, so thanks, Maria, to everyone who sent them in. Um, we'll do rapid fire on it because um, we don't have much time, but we want to get through as many of them as we can. Um, maybe come to you first, Stag, on this one, okay? Um, it was one came in from Tala Nadim. Um, asked Vardy, Lingard, Cuco, Martina, um, which one of those three to start in Gameway 27? Would you be going for Vardy? Okay, so yeah, okay, Vardy has to start. Um, playing at well it's Man City he always scores in big games Lingard I've already backed up so I'm starting him my choice then is what Cuco Martina and who? Mm, no that was the last one Cuco Martina is the third one but, but they're not four players no? Or was that, oh was it not four? Oh, was it four okay I'm just starting the two attacking players then although everything at home to Palace no I'm going to go with the, Jack, the attacking players no I'm going to stick to that the attacking players yeah I'd probably go Vardy then Lingard in that order probably but um yeah but because Vardy is always likely to Always likely to score, pop up with a goal, and you'll be cursing yourself if you have him on the bench. Um, thanks to me and Stag. Um, move on to maybe come to Mars with one here from um, Stephen Toomey asked a question. Um, where are we here? Um, I see Peter put up a question earlier on or put up a post, uh, something to do with space program or SpaceX, actually SpaceX. Very cool. Yeah, yeah. They launched their uh, Falcon Heavy rocket tonight. It's the most powerful rocket in the world. And uh, test okay. flight, and it went off without a hitch. Very impressive. Excellent. The, um, I didn't actually... Uh, I should, I, we should probably be watching that and talking about that, something intelligent as opposed to fantasy football. <laughs> <laughs> um, Stephen Toomey was asking, um, best shout-out for a fifth midfielder, 5.5 or less. Uh, Mars, you can have this one. Um, he mentions Ducouré, Albrighton, um, Milo. Um, anyone else? 
Uh, Ward Prass, what's he on? I think he's between 5 and 5.5, if I'm not mistaken. Um, unless you want to go really cheap and save money and go somewhere else, you can go MacArthur. He plays, he, he's playing games for, for Palace. Uh, Klukas, Swansea, 4.7. Um, yeah, yeah, maybe I from Bournemouth, but none of these really, um, you know, are gonna break your, break the record for your team. But, um, the Kore out of the three that he mentioned, and then maybe all Brighton because Leicester have a good run. Don't fancy yeah, back well. <laughs> <laughs> I got so much, I got so much grief earlier in the season, uh, cause I, I, I bought him. In on a punt. Uh, this is about. I remember that you were on the pod game week ten. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I took, took a punt on it, and uh, yeah, I still get grief for that now. Uh, rightly back, so, I suppose back, it was it was a stupid. Bakayoko was your um, was your punt, and um, Richie Kenny, of course, yeah. is uh, Randinho, so he definitely has had the better <laughs> of the two punts. <laughs> but uh, yeah, was, thanks for reminding me because um, we'll have to start loading on the grief for you now as well. So good. <laughs> Good to pick the scab off these things, you know. Um, Pete, FBL Minnow was asking, um, what do you think about rolling over the free transfer this game week due to the two-week gap until game week 28 um, versus jumping on and off the ice rises and fallers? So basically banking the transfer, um, I think it's a good idea. What do you think? Uh, it really depends on your on your team. Uh, it depends uh, um it, it, yeah, what your fixtures look like this week. Um, if, if you are in danger of losing uh, a load of value in your team, that's yeah, that's a different conversation. But I mean, the, th- the thing about team value you need to remember as well is if, if you if a player drops by 0.1, if they'd already risen by 0.1 from what you bought them, you're not going to lose any more value out of it. Um, they're selling value will remain the same for you so that's that's always something to consider and it's, it's always it's a little bugbear of mine when people talk about team value actually team value isn't the important thing it's a selling value that's the important bit but yeah it's, it's a really difficult question to answer in a vacuum um it depends on your team i'm i'm always in favor if i can roll a transfer i will because i think you've got a lot more freedom with two transfers uh, than you do with one because you, you can fundamentally restructure your team. You can take out an expensive striker and a cheap midfielder and then bring in an expensive midfielder and a cheap striker. Whereas in isolation in one week, you can't, it's more difficult to do that without going in with the two cheap players first. So yeah, I guess if you can roll your transfer, do so. But again, to, to take a view, if you uh, if, if if you're looking at your team and you're thinking there's only seven or eight players that have got potential this week, then then make the transfer. If you think you've got 12 or 13 who could get points, then yeah, roll it definitely. Um, Stag, back to you. On Mahutsu was asking fixed return after next game week for Spurs has me considering babies in soon, and he's obviously worth the risk. But is Rose that small of a threat to his starts? So um, what's your thoughts on babies? The thing with Spurs is that you're kind of worried about uh, the Champions League and how that brings the rotation into kind of question again, more so than it has been in recent weeks when Davies has been pretty reliable and almost back to the, not not quite the early season levels, of course, but, you know, has definitely been much more assured than usual. <sighs> Look, at 5.5, he's more expensive than Kieran Trippier who seems a lot more nailed on of late. Would I be correct in saying that, everybody? I think I am. No, I don't um, think so. I think Ori is no. the, 
uh, the one is a bit more nailed uh, um, from those two. Okay. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, no, I, I was, yeah, okay. Trippier started the last two, played 19, the last two Premier League games. But okay, you see, look, oof. Babies, okay, if we're saying that, then Babies is probably the most assured of them all with Rose, a kind of a spectre looming in the dark. I uh, I just avoid both of them and just pay the extra 0.5 if I wanted to be sure and get Vertonghen, personally. I think, I mean, from, I think if you look at the Spurs, yeah, how they're, how they're structured, Aurea, I think, plays a lot more attacking. Uh, and they've kind of got this asymmetrical lineup because you've got, uh, Ericsson out on the sort of quote unquote right wing, but he'll, he'll natu- his natural instinct is to drift inside. And Aurea goes up behind, you know, goes up on, on the overlap and he's very high up the pitch a lot of the time, Aurea. Whereas Davis, I think, is the more defensive of, um, you know, Davis and Rose. Yeah. And, th- and that effectively, because I've got, because he's got Son ahead of him as well, Son will maybe, yeah, he will come inside, but he can hit the touchline a bit more. So he can, you know, stay out a bit wider. So Davis doesn't have to get forward as much. So if there's a choice between the two, just, you know, from, from when I've seen Spurs and, you know, the impression I get of their team, I'd say Davis is probably slightly more nailed than Rose at the moment. Just because Rose is is much more attacking. Now, if you've got Ericsson starting on the left and drifting inside, then Rose absolutely is probably the better option because he's going to be you know far more attacking. Uh, but that's assuming you've got a right back then or, or a right wing back who can tuck in and make three at the back alongside um, you know Sanchez and Vertonghen. I if 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 I had to. If I had to put money on it between now and the rest of the season, I'd say that Aurier is going to start more than Trippier, and I'd say Davis is going to start more than Rose. But that's kind of just my reading of it. So yeah, I'm, I'm not missing. I'm not missing anything big with Rose, am I? In that he hasn't played at all really in recent weeks for in the Premier League at least. That's like there wasn't some big injury or anything going on there. I don't think there was. No. I don't think so. Um, no, I, I so think yeah, he's so, just, yeah. just struggled to get back into it after his injury earlier in the season because you know, Davis has come in and done a really good job, uh, and he will get attacking returns. Davis, he's he's. He, He's still expected to do that attacking part, but I don't think his starting position is as, as advanced as what goes on on the right side. Yeah, certainly, yeah, definitely that. You had um, one thing actually you referenced on Twitter. We'll give a shout out. Was Michael Cox at ESPN? You wrote um, you you replied to that question, Pete, yeah. and that he he wrote a piece on uh, Spurs' balance and um, might be worth checking out. So um, yeah. listeners can check that one out. Um, Mars, John G. Grifters United was asking, what's the biggest loss in value you'd like, um, you'd, you'd take to move another player in? He's at Otamendi all season, so he's at least 0.4 or 0.5 profit tied up in him. Um, or would you view that he has to be kept even now that the form has dipped? Um, I, I had, when I saw an Otamendi question, I knew I had to give it to you anyway, buddy. <laughs> um, I would keep Otamendi. You know, I think uh, Pete touched on it earlier. They're getting, um, they're quite strong with Laporte at the back now again. Um, but you know, this this question about losing value, uh, I, I go back to Pete's point again, and I agree. It's about the selling value. You know, how much you're gonna. For me, if you want a player, you go and get him, uh, and you worry about team value later that's that's my personal opinion i know i know that the selling value will become essential when 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 it's about the wild card i do watch price rises and price uh, drops but i will not let it be the only decision that makes me bring a player in or or to sell him unless i'm on wild card just to try and catch uh, price rises um 
So yeah, I mean, to answer the question, you keep Otomendi um, for now, unless you're going really low and then spending money somewhere else to upgrade some, um, you know, to to uh, uh, you know a weak a weak midfielder or a, or a forward. If you're going like for like, uh, you know, Otomendi to another big player, just keep Otomendi. And um, so uh, there's always them kind of car crash little stories that um, give me a chuckle every time I see them. Anyway, at least somebody else is having a bit of a disaster as well as myself, you know. <laughs> but um, <laughs> yeah, we have here. What was the next one actually? We have now it's a kind of an Arsenal question again um, to do with double up on the Arsenal midfield after game week 29. This is from Stephen Stephen Toomey um, again. Um, so. So I'll give this one, I guess, to to yourself, Pete. Double up on the Arsenal midfield after game week 29 or look at Boomerang um, for the double game week with Mickey or Ramsey. Um, it's an interesting question. I mean, yeah, we, we, we sort of touched on it earlier, didn't we? Arsenal got two pretty tough fixtures coming up. But after, after that, you've got Brighton away, Watford at home, Leicester away, which will probably be... Will that be postponed? Yeah, because be, yeah. it's based on Leicester beating Sheffield United. Yeah, so... Um, Sheffield United are no slouches, though. Um, I think that yeah, they're a decent team, so that was still a little bit in the balance, I think. But when I got Stoke at home, and... Is it worth doubling up on them? Yeah, for those, you know, for three out of those four game weeks where one of them is going to be blank, if, if you're going to double up on them and there is a blank, then that's two players immediately you can sign to your bench. Um, unless you're going to, you know, you know, tra- yeah, transfer them out and then retransfer them back in again. But I'm not a really big fan of, um, you know, hokey cokies. You know, certainly not for, you know, a double Arsenal midfield uh, in that in that instance. I'm, I'm not sure that's worth it to be honest. I'm not sure I would double up on Arsenal midfield after game week 29. Yeah, because uh, you're doubling up, I guess, who you're going to be taking out for. You're probably taking out, a, to get a double up, you're probably taking out Sterling maybe. or Yeah, Ster- Sterling, Salah, um, yeah, any number of those you know, big midfielders. And we've got we've got to remember as well, I mean, Arsenal do look like they're playing with a bit more freedom. Um, yeah, they absolutely... You know, they ripped to pieces uh, Crystal Palace and they also ripped apart uh, Everton as well but they're not going to continuously come up against teams who defend as badly as those two teams did um, and actually at home they look really good um, but away maybe not so much so the Brighton away game I don't think is an absolute shoo-in um, if the Leicester game goes ahead that's definitely not a shoo-in either Watford at home Stoke at home you can see them putting goals in, in there but I don't think it's worth a double up at this point I think, I think, yeah, but, but, but that lineup still needs to settle a little bit. They still need to work out what they want to do with Lacazette. They still want to work out how they, you know, integrate Wilshire into it, uh, alongside Ramsey and all the other players as well. It's, it's a little bit uncertain at this point. Thanks a million, Pete. Um, at FPL underscore Alexis, um, this one's just a quick, quick answer, basically. Um, so I'll give it to Stag. I won't give it to Mars. Um, but it's basically asking to Aubameyang or not to Aubameyang. Um, what I kind of want to change this around a little bit to Stag would be like, which forwards would you, um, say if you're thinking to get in over Miang, which forwards would you rank him over now? You know, like you have Aguero, Kane, um, where, Firmino, where would Miang come in in your kind of reckoning for the forwards you want to have in your FBL lineup? Okay, right. So kind of 
I'm going to just call Aguero and Kane a joint first rather than kind of like idly trying yeah. to make a decision between the Very two. Good. I think you, yeah, I think yeah, you need yeah. them both. Yeah. Um, Firmino, is, it's definitely third, like just in terms of his value for production and then in terms of the fact that like we're all talking about tripling up on Liverpool players, you know, with this blank game week coming up. So Firmino's in third just for a variety of reasons there. Um, would I put Lukaku ahead of Aubameyang? No, I wouldn't. So I'd probably put him fourth. Probably put him fourth. I can't. Am I missing any serious players in between? I no. wouldn't. I'm not. Yeah, I'm not. Morata would yeah, be one of I'm not rating. Mar- I'm not rating Morata here. I'm not really bringing Giroud into it yet because we don't know enough about them. I'm not taking Jesus into it because he's still out for too long. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna go. Or, what about Vardy? What about Vardy? Mm. Um, no, I'm no, not not in the the. Post. I'm going to call this the post Mares phase already because I just can't see how that can continue. So no, like I just, as we kind of said, Leicester season's over. I, that's, I think that's the end of the, the good run that Verdi may or may not have had. Yeah, yeah, I'm going to go forth. Good stuff. Come here, guys, that's brilliant. Um, that's all the time we got for our listener questions because we're getting on and um, we all need our beauty sleep at our age, other than Stag, of course. I'm, I'm an hour ahead, that's allowing for age. <laughs> 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 Lads, we're on to the Barlow and Baldwin captain picks section of the show where we're going to look at our captain picks for um, for Game Week 27. Um, for new listeners, the Barlow, of course, is the boring, safe captain pick and the Baldwin is the risky pick. So, um, Pete, come to you first on it. Um, give me your Barlow. Safe pick. Aguero. Yeah, just just home game yeah. and the fact it's Sergio Aguero. Be, isn't it? Yeah, 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 I mean, has, yeah. yeah, Harry Kane's got a good record against Arsenal, so I, I, yeah, that's tempting. And obviously Mo Salah as well, um, away at Southampton. Yeah, both those players got goals in them. But yeah, I, I think yeah, home match for City yeah, against Leicester, again, everything we spoke about earlier. Don't know whether they're going to show up or not. Yeah, what, what their motivation is now. That's probably, yeah. I'll, 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 probably, end up putting, I'll, probably, I'll probably end up putting it on Aguero, yeah. If I had Kane, Aguero, and Salah, it would be a difficult decision. But um, I probably would actually go Salah even. But um, unfortunately, I don't. But um, De- Mars, tell me your one. Who's your Barlow? You sticking with Kuhn or you? You yeah. you haven't captained Salah this season. But um, I captained him once and he got an assist. That was it. Um, yeah, uh, I'm sticking with Aguero. Five thirty yeah. kickoff, open game. Stuff and uh, Stag, you want to give us a? Is it going to be a whole house um, of picks for Aguero as the Barlow? No, oddly not actually. So I'm one of those people who does have Salah, Kane, and Aguero to choose from, and I was actually moving towards Salah for my purely because the man just can't stop scoring in every game he plays, and just that Southampton game. I'm not too worried about Southampton's defence being too sure of itself, and I was then ranking Kane as a, my risky Baldwin pick purely because of everyone else choosing every other player because I think Salah and Aguero are both going to be ahead of Kane and that's how I'm going to define risky for this week but with Petr Cech out and his unbelievable record in London derbies I wouldn't be shirking him either and I think my armband is sitting on him right now so yeah there you go I'm not I'm not going to allow you Kane as a risky pick sorry I'm I'm vetoing that I'm, de- I'm, de- I'm redefining the boundaries of risk. <laughs> I'll have to come back. I'll come back to him on another one in a minute. He'll um, be thinking of another one there, Stag, so that he'll keep Mars happy. But um, Joshua uh, King. Pete- <laughs> Joshua King. 
Just you're just you're just saying random names now, aren't you? <laughs> no, he scored last, <laughs> scored last week, and he's uh, away at Huddersfield. It's a wonderful round, wonderful team there. <laughs> yeah, he, oh yeah, he's my draft. He's in my draft team. So um, hopefully, uh, alongside Giroud. <laughs> Okay. Yeah. Good God. But, uh, <laughs> uh, Mars, Mars, tell me, um, who's your bold one? Who's your risky pick? Uh, Shakiri, home to Brighton. Shakiri. Um, how low would your rank have to be? I'll, I'll, I'll set this one up for you for a nice rebound. But um, how low would your rank have to be for to risk um, captain and Shakiri this game week in, instead of Salah, for instance? Anyone lower than you. <laughs> I thought you were actually just going to give my actual number. <laughs> uh, I, I can't count over a million, so I, I don't know. I, I just uh, no. Yeah, um, if you really want to go risky, why not Shakiri at home to Brighton? You know, everybody's saying that Stoke won't score much, um, and not many people are going to have him or captain him. So Shakiri at home. It certainly qualifies as a risky one anyway. Pete, how about yourself? Who would, if you were feeling, I, the way I phrased it, I think last time you were on the pod was if you were feeling a little bit frisky on, um, on Saturday morning before the deadline and you were, you'd been out the night before and you were kind of going, ah, oh, yeah, I'll throw it on. Who would you yeah. throw it on? You, you didn't say, fr- you, you didn't say frisky last time. You said if you were chronically hungover, re- who would you pick? I, I, I rephrased. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I. <laughs> Uh, I'm similar to what Stag said, actually. I'm going to go Callum Wilson, um, just because yeah, Huddersfield are conceding an absolute shed out of goals. And yeah, yeah I, I think yeah, Bournemouth away. Yeah, Bournemouth playing away. I don't think I've got anything to fear there. Yeah, Callum Wilson. Yeah, he'd probably do the business. Um, he didn't for me last game week, of course, my captain. But uh, right, lads, um, that's all we got time for on episode four of the Three Amigos FBL show. Thanks a million, guys. Um, Peter Blake, who you can find on Twitter at MattSafe underscore FBL. Stag, who you can find at FBL Stag. Mars, who goes by Mars05. And myself, who you can follow at FBL Marple. The show can be followed at Three Amigos FBL on Twitter and on Facebook. Thanks for listening, sharing, and liking the pod. Best of luck in Game Week 27. Booyah! Brave amigos are we, brother to brother and everyone, a brave amigo.